you know, the conversations that women have when men are not around are so magical and special. So I want to keep it that way. And I had one guy say like, you know, you're absolutely right. I'm in a group of men for men entrepreneurs. And he's like, the conversations we have are completely different when women are not there. So I get it. Welcome to Business Bards with Bonnie, a podcast for busy fempreneurs who are ready to get off the hamster wheel and gain confidence and clarity to shine in business. I'm Bonnie Wicks, a business clarity coach who works with clients all over the globe to clarify their brand, hone their message and streamline their biz. This podcast, I will ramble about all the areas you can get stuck in an overthinking cycle, from branding and marketing to management and mindset. Each month, we'll have amazing guests who'll talk about their journey and share insightful tips to make your business a place in which you thrive, not just survive. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Business Bites with Bonnie. I have an amazing guest here for you today. Her name is Inbal Claudio. Inbal was born in Israel. And aside from a four-year stint in North Carolina due to a military husband, she spent the majority of her life in Southern California, where she currently lives with her husband and two little daughters. As a candle maker turned tech founder, her passion for networking with women entrepreneurs has led her to create Like-Minded Collective, a social media platform for female founders to connect, collaborate and grow. In today's episode, we're going to talk all things about being a multi-passionate, having two businesses that are completely different, being a mother, being a military wife, and all the business wisdom she's learned from trademarking, influencer marketing, seeing a gap in the market, and launching a new social media platform. She's had to deal with developers, go through trials and error, and has spent more time and money learning and developing than she would have liked. Inbal has intentionally chosen to work with female founders, and as you would have heard in the short snippet at the start, she's done this because when females collaborate, magic happens. And this episode is proof of that. So sit back, or keep driving, relax, and enjoy this powerful episode. Hello, Inbul, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk to you. Yay. So let's get started. Tell everyone who you are, a little bit about yourself and where you're from. Sure. So uh, my name is Inbul. I am the founder of two companies. I have a candle company called Goldwood Candles, and I have a tech platform called Like Minded Collective. I am originally from Israel, moved to the United States with my parents when I was three. And aside from a little stint in North Carolina, because my husband was in the Marine Corps, um, have lived most of my life in Southern California. So I met my husband in Southern California. We started our business. Well, I started the business while he was working and as kind of like a side hustle. And then we moved to North Carolina. We have two kids, two girls, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And yeah, I just moved back to Southern California, which is amazing because like we were talking before, it's nice to be around family, especially with two little girls. So it's been really nice and helpful. Definitely. It's so good to have that family support. But what a journey you've had. 
So you started Goldwick Candles to start with. That was the first company? Yeah. So I was working full-time and my husband, like I said, was in the Marine Corps and we wanted to just kind of start a side business just for fun. I've always kind of quote unquote wanted to be an entrepreneur. I have my real estate broker's license. So I did that for a little bit, still have the license, don't practice, but yeah, we started uh, learning how to make candles. And after about six months of trial and error, coming up with all the um, intellectual property, branding, making the candles, we launched August 17th of 2017. So coming up on five years ago. And these candles are pretty special. How did you develop the idea to make them so unique and let everyone know what is unique about them? Sure. So everybody has a candle company. It seems like there's so many different kinds. We just wanted to separate ourselves a little bit. So we decided to try infusing the wax with real gold. And the result was just the most beautiful shimmer when the wax melted. So hence the name Goldwick. It's just so beautiful. We got a trademark for it. And so that's kind of what separates us. It's really nice because it's not just the fragrance and the scent, but you really have that visual aspect of the candle too. I think I need to get my hands on one of these. <laughs> I wish I shipped internationally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When I come over there one day, I'm going to make sure I, I get one of those candles. Yes, 100%. There's <laughs> one with your name on it. I have to admit, I'm quite impressed of your business skills to start with. To look at trademarking the name early on in the journey is pretty special. Did you have any mentors to learn those skills from? I didn't. I don't even know how I kind of just started. Like I knew that I needed to trademark it. And like, that's the one thing that we've always been like, okay, we need to make sure that nobody steals our name and our idea. And so you can apply for a trademark for the name. And then it's called a trade dress for the gold infused wax. It's basically a trade dress is trademarking a physical attribute of a product. So like the Louboutin red heels, red bottom heels, for example, that would be um, another example of like trademarking a visual aspect. So once you start the process, that's kind of the date. So it takes a while to get approved and all that stuff. But I knew that I just needed to start the trademark process right away before I even wanted to talk about it or post about it because I didn't want anybody to get our great idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was something that I knew I needed to do right off the bat. And you can't release that product until the trademark comes through for something of the physical aspects? Oh, no, you can. You can? Okay. Yeah. But just if somebody else comes up with the idea and puts in a trademark before you, then your trademark is null and void. So you just basically want to make sure that you're the first person to do that. And so everything is just like goes so hand in hand. You know, you have your website, you have your Instagram handle. So you want to make sure that the website that you get and the Instagram handle that you get are going to be the name of your business. Because if you trademark it, and then in the process, you find out, oh no, somebody else has a Goldwick Candles, then your website is <laughs> worthless. Your Instagram handle is worthless. So I would really try to kind of do the trademark process first and make sure that if, even if you do it alone, you can search, but make sure that if you go with a lawyer, like they they'll tell you right away, like there's somebody else that has Goldwick. 
maybe add a word to it. And if they're a candle company, then you kind of have to find a different name. So the trademark process is so important right off the bat, because then you can kind of branch out and start to do branding, logos, website, all that stuff. Yeah, that's a great tip. And I think in Australia, we have issues because we can purchase a business name and you have to pay for that. And it stops others from registering that business name in Australia. However, someone can go and trademark it in Australia. Mm. And then that null and voids the registered business name. Oh, interesting. Yes. And so a lot of people get really stuck because they will be like, hang on, I've got, let's go cocoa candles and I've registered the business name. And then someone else has liked this idea and trademarked it and has come back and now I can't use it. Oh, wow. So you basically have to register for a business and get the trademark in exactly. order to protect yourself. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. So it's really, um, and that's why I'm really impressed with your business smarts to, to get that all in a line to start with. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it was for like-minded collective too. Like the second I figured out the name, then I went to the trademark. And the thing is, it was difficult with like-minded collective because it's a little bit more common. So at first I just wanted like-minded, um, but there were like-minded, a million things like-minded. And so we went with like-minded collective. And the thing is the businesses that had like-minded in them, they weren't platforms like I was creating. And so we were able to add a word like-minded collective and kind of go from there. And like-minded collective was available, was an available website too. So that helped. Yeah. Brilliant. So <laughs> let's go back. So you've created this amazing Goldwick Candle Company. You was meant to be a side hustle. When did it then turn into something bigger? So it's, let's see. So I launched August, 2017. I was still working full-time. I was doing lots of shows. I had lots of connections like at home, obviously from friends and just like living in the area for so long. And then my husband found out that we were moving to North Carolina. So December, so four months after we launched. And so I had to restart everything in North Carolina. <laughs> um, I had to apply for new farmer's markets. I had to apply to new shows. I had to build a name for myself, reach out to retail stores. And so it took a while, but I was doing shows almost every weekend, which was good because my husband was working a lot and I was able to go to do like two or three day shows, three hours away, four hours away. And it was perfectly fine. But about a year later, my daughter was born <laughs> and I had to stop all my shows. I did them as long as I could through pregnancy. But once she was born, I was nursing and I couldn't really do shows at all. Like I was, I couldn't even do an eight hour show. It just didn't work. So that's kind of when I had to pivot. And so it, it never really took off like full-time, full-time because when my daughter was born, I kind of had to take a step back. And then three months after she was born, I came up with the new idea for my platform. <laughs> so everything's kind of been slowly heading more towards the platform, less with the candles, but I still sell them. I still make the candles today. So what was the pain point or that initial light bulb moment where you're like, okay, I'm trying to pivot. I'm trying to, you know, solve this problem that I'm experiencing in the candle business. And I think this platform's going to be the solution. Yeah. So like I said, I couldn't do in-person shows. So I had to kind of shift and I was like, you know, I'm just going to try to build my online presence through influencer marketing. 
And when I tell you zero knowledge of influence marketing, I'm like negative, 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 a hundred million. <laughs> I knew nothing. I was messaging people on Instagram, like, Hey, I would love to send you free product. And people would message me back if they would message me back, um, which was rare. They would respond with their pricing, which was completely out of my price range, or they would give me email address of their management. And so I would email them and their pricing was completely out of my budget too. So then I found out that there was something called influencer marketing platforms, where as a brand, I could join these platforms and search their database of influencers. So I was like, wow, it sounds like a great idea. Little did I know that they were charging like $500 a month to just sign up. And that was consistent. I looked at so many of them. They were between three to $500 a month, or they required me to have like a certain number of employees or some were not taking candle companies anymore, or some were like, no problem. We have a minimum yearly spend of $25,000, $30,000 on influencer marketing. So long story short, I just felt like nobody wanted to work with small businesses who really didn't have a big budget, but still wanted to collaborate. So I wanted to create this platform for small businesses, for small brands and nano and micro influencers without any minimums. There were people weren't taking commissions. It was affordable and very inclusive because even influencers, you could sign up for free, but if you have a hundred followers, if somebody's paying $500 to be on a platform, they're not going to work with you. So you're being overlooked as well. You can sign up for free. You can be a part of the database, but no one's going to work with you. So I wanted to create a place where those nano influencers and the small brands could find each other at an affordable rate and start to grow. So that sounds like an incredible niche you found because that must be so hard. We, you know yourself when you're trying to get the candle company off the ground, how hard it is to go from zero to getting out online and then to have this barrier with influencer marketing and connections and collabs. That's so difficult. So how did you then go, okay, there's an opportunity in the market here for this. I think I can do this. So my daughter was three months old. And that's kind of when I told my, it was one of those ideas that I had like in the middle of the night. And so I opened up my notes on my phone and I started taking notes and I started talking to people. I started talking to my dad, first of all, because he is like my business guru. He's a software engineer. And so I like to bounce ideas off of him. And he has zero idea anything about influencer marketing, but he was like, wow, this is a really good idea. Let's start thinking about how we would go about doing this. So when my daughter was six months old, my husband deployed overseas for six months. So I moved back to California with my daughter and lived with my parents. And this is the last week of February, 2020. So the following two weeks is when COVID started, but it was really to my benefit because I was able to network and meet people all virtual. So I didn't have to go and meet people in their office or like schedule meetings with people, like fly to them, which I would have to do if I didn't, if I wasn't able to do everything virtual. So it was really nice. So yeah, I started just by talking to developers and kind of getting pricing and putting together a layout of the pages that I wanted on the website, the functionality that I wanted. I basically created a playbook. So where I can find a developer, hand them this and be like, okay, when you click this, it takes you to this and it does this. And the user does this, a really in-depth playbook of the platform. 
And I just started talking to different developers. I ended up going with the cheapest one, which is not a good idea. I ended up probably seven months in firing them because they outsourced it overseas and the communication wasn't there. He was a horrible project manager. And I knew that I needed to find somebody else. I thought the project would launch in two months and we were seven months out and I had no developer in a platform that was like 30% done. Wow. That, <laughs> you know, heart flutters a little bit. Yeah. Well, I approached the situation so differently than the candle company, the candle company. I outsourced somebody, my sister's friend to create a logo and branding for me. And this one, I hired a branding agency. Um, I knew that I wanted, I had the funds to really do it the proper way. And I scaled back when it came to the developer, which is the last place you want to like skimp on money. So yeah, at this point, I think I was two months pregnant when this happened with baby number two. So I basically had a conversation with my, with the project manager, with the developer company. And I told him like, this is not how I saw this going. Just get me to where you can as soon as possible. And let's just call it quits. And he basically said, he's like, Imbal, you want a perfect platform. It's never going to be perfect. And he's not wrong. There's always issues with tech platforms. However, the place that he got me to was nowhere near where I needed to be to even remotely launch. So he was giving me advice when he had no idea what he was talking about. So yeah, just cut ties. I ended up looking for another developer and very nice guy in Oregon told him my issues. He was like, we won't outsource it. I don't know how to code this language, but I will find somebody, but we'll keep it in the US. And so it took me like three months to find him. And so at this point, I'm like five months pregnant. And I was seeing the same issues as in like grammar problems, spelling issues. And I was like, he's outsourcing it overseas. I know. And so I reached out to him. I was like, Hey, I'm having deja vu. Like this is happening again. And he's like, let me talk to my developer and see what's going on. Well, his developer ended up outsourcing it. So <laughs> it was happening all over again and not to bore everybody too much, but we ended up letting go of that developer. He hired somebody else who got it to like 95% of the way. It took far too long. The launch date got pushed overall about a year and a half. And I ended up finishing off with them like a week before we launched, found another developer that I was just working with one-on-one -on -one because I was so sick of working with a project manager. But anyway, so I found a developer on Upwork. He's amazing. He's with me today. Um, he's honestly like, I can text him and can call him. We are just the perfect match. And he got me to where I could launch it. He fixes all my bugs. He brainstorms with me. And if it wasn't for him, he teaches me along the way too. So if it wasn't for him, I don't even know where I would be probably not launched, <laughs> but it's difficult because I had zero experience in this industry and I definitely got taken advantage of, but I learned from my mistakes. I moved on and I had a husband that was very supportive. And every time I told him, you know, what am I doing? I don't even like, why did this happen? This is so much money down the drain. He basically said like, just consider it an MBA. Like you're learning. And this is, you're paying for an education basically, and you get a platform on top of it. So that's a good way to look at it for anybody that's like, oh, why did I do that? It's always a learning experience. And it's so great to have that good support and having a team really is the key to success. The, the right people being there, supporting you, teaching you. Through that 
absolute crazy windy long journey. Was there any point that you were like, who am I to be doing this? Yes. All the time. I honestly asked my husband that to this day, like last night I told him, I was like, on one hand, I've built this amazing platform where people are using it. We have a community feed. So like people are posting, people are commenting, people are sharing. And then on the other hand, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what am I? I don't even know what I'm doing. So yes, all the time, several times a week, (laughs) if not every (laughs) single day. So how did you find the courage to keep taking that leap every day, keep coming and showing up every day? You know, I love this platform. So it started off as an influencer marketing platform. And as I was building it, I realized that in the tech space, there is a missing gap for female founders to find a community. And I've kind of transformed it as I launched from an influencer marketing platform to a community of female founders. And building that relationship with women who have your back and support you and brainstorm with you is really what keeps you going. You put so much money and time and effort and tears into a project. I call it a project. My husband's like, you have a business. But, you know, you want to keep going. Like you really need to remember why you started, why it's important for you to keep going. And I love that my platform is helping people. And so that really pushes me to continue to. Since then we've transformed and now we're a social media platform for female founders. We do weekly marketing masterminds. You can post on a feed. You can search really like extensive search for exactly who you're looking for. And the testimonials that I've received from these women and the connections that I've seen being made on the platform is honestly like, there's nothing like it. That's what pushes me every single day to continue to learn and fail and learn and grow. And I think that is the best way to learn and grow is having that communication with the people that you're serving, the people that are using your products and you can't build a brand in a bubble. So you might start with an idea, but you can't just put your blinders on and keep going with that idea. If you're getting this feedback of, oh, well, I'd really like this and I'd really like that. And that's what you've done with Transforming Like-Minded Collective. Where do you kind of feel like it might go in future in the next year or two? Yeah, I would love to have an option for people on the platform to create their own events. So, you know, right now, like I said, we do weekly masterminds, mostly related to marketing. So copy, branding, web design, affiliate marketing, email marketing, all that good stuff, influencer marketing. But I would love for people on the platform to be able to create their own events. So like mom entrepreneurs, faith-based entrepreneurs, military spouse entrepreneurs, coaches, tech founders, to really start to create their own communities within the like-minded collective. And so that's something that I would love to see. I would love to start really bringing on like venture capitalists to do like seminars to tech founders, just really creating like different niches throughout the female community, just to create better brainstorming sessions and to build genuine personal relationships between the founders. That's brilliant. And how are you getting your name out there? Because this sounds like a platform that every female founder (laughs) needs to be on. That's been my issue. (laughs) I honestly, I don't know. I, at first I was really just 
putting myself out there. I was messaging people, like introducing myself, like, hi, my name is Imbal. I started this platform because X, Y, and Z, I would love for your thoughts. I'd love for feedback. This is even before I launched, I started to build out my email list. And then now I post on as many Facebook group pages as I can. Like you said, you can't be in a bubble. So we're always pivoting. And when you pivot, you have to redo your messaging. We redid our homepage recently and we're redoing it again. So once that gets finalized, we're going to start doing Facebook ads. I feel like retargeting people who visit our Instagram page, follow us on Instagram, follow our group on Facebook, just really getting in front of them. And I'm actually working on an affiliate program as well. So that's going to be launching in the next month. Everybody that I've talked to, whether it be through market research or speakers for the mastermind classes that we do, the marketing masterminds that we do, everyone's like, wow, this is such a great platform. And I'm like, okay, well, let's, do you want to be an affiliate? Do you want to help me (laughs) grow? (laughs) Um, Because that's the best way, right? You want people to talk about your business like you do. You want people to love your platform. And the best way to do that is to compensate them for helping you. And I would love nothing more than to compensate people for helping me grow this business because I know that once you're in the platform, once you join our masterminds, once you network with people, it's, you'll see, it's just an amazing community that we've built. And I like to view affiliates as like co-owners of your brand because they are invested in seeing your brand grow. And if they're using it as well, they're really caring. And it's so hard to get people that care about your business as much as you do. So to have a lineup of affiliates is going to be a very powerful strategy. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> but, it, you know, and it is, it's, it's a difficult journey and it's, it takes, it's so often we hear about the endpoint and the success and we skim over how much of a journey it can be. And this has been a very big journey for you. I'm interested to know in this journey, have you found any issues with being a female in tech? Yeah, with my first developer. I think that I definitely got taken advantage of because I mean, I'll be completely honest. I had zero knowledge of the industry. And so I didn't know the questions to ask. I didn't know the conversations. I didn't know what I needed to know. And I felt like If I had the knowledge that I do now, I definitely would not have signed on with that guy. (laughs) I would have been able to see right through him and like, I would have known what to ask. However, that being said, I know that there are so many women on the rise in the tech industry and it's incredible to see and connect with them because they're out there and they're willing to help and they want to help. Clubhouse is a great resource. It's full of investors, full of women, tech founders, and they honestly just, they want to help everybody out. So if you are a female in the tech industry, I highly suggest going on Clubhouse and trying to find female tech groups on Sunday mornings, which would be Saturday or Sunday, late, late, late night for you. I think there's a female pitch room on Clubhouse and it's Only females are able to pitch and there's investors on there. So you'll get feedback. I think it's a community that's rising. So I personally, aside from my developer, I haven't really had um, many issues, I think, because I'm a woman, but I'm also kind of in the beginning stages. So we'll see. (laughs) That may change. 
And, and that's great because sometimes you hear about these issues and it can be a bit of a barrier for women that are like, oh, should I start this? I've heard bad things. So it's, it's nice to know that it's not applicable to everyone. And the more women founders we have in tech, the more it becomes commonplace. Yeah. And you know what, too? I think because I'm a platform for female founders, I don't really deal with men. (laughs) Um, But I will tell you this. I've been on a few podcasts where like, we'll do an intro conversation, you know, and they're like, why are you only, why is it only for women? Like, why, you know? And I, I've had them ask me that in kind of a way, like, oh, what, I'm not invited. And I just flat out say, I'm like, you know, the conversations that women have when men are not around are so magical and special. So I want to keep it that way. And I had one guy say like, you know, you're absolutely right. I'm in a group of men, four men, entrepreneurs. And he's like, the conversations we have are completely different when women are not there. So I get it. And so I think because I am a social media platform for female founders, I don't, aside from my developer, who's a guy and he's amazing. I want to really only bring on women. And so I really only deal with women, (laughs) which is a nice way to not get excluded by men. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. And I have to admit, I am the same. I mainly work with women. I'm very much a fempreneur and that's the energy I like working with and attracting because when we are supporting each other, it is magical. And it's easy to do when it is just women. And once again, it's not just saying women should only have their own groups. Let's encourage men to have their own groups too. Mm -hmm. Get that support from the people that understand the specific challenges you're going through. Exactly. And don't be offended. Yes. (laughs) No, it's it's not. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, no, it's, it's a very interesting conversation when it comes to like, oh, why, why are you only for women? And so, yeah, it's funny. And, you know, I've noticed being a mom and you are too, I've had to cancel a few things because my, my daughter's got sick or like school function or something like that. And it sucks. And so I would prefer to cancel on a mom who understands completely. And they're like, no problem. I totally understand as opposed to like, maybe it's just my issue, but I would feel bad because it's like, oh, you know, I don't know if they're a dad or I don't know if they like care. It's like, they're going to blame me because I'm a mom. I'd rather just not deal with that. A hundred percent. And that raises a very important point that I want to discuss with you is even when we are mompreneurs, we are CEOs, we're founders, and also a mom, we, we tend to be the, I call it the primary carer, because even if we're both working, it is normally the woman that takes on that primary caring role of having to be the person that picks up the kid from school if they're sick or the parent that drops everything if they have to take their child to a birthday party. You are not just that, but you're also a military wife. So you're a military wife, you're a mom of two, and you have two businesses. How the hell do you do it all? And do you sleep? So my husband got out of the military almost a year ago. However, he works for a defense technology company now. So he still travels like four weeks at a time and has projects that take him in the country, like a week here, a week there. So he's out of the country for four weeks, every couple months, and then he's in the country traveling. So it is difficult. I have an amazing village that helps me. My older daughter, my three-year-old is in school from eight to four 30. My husband actually just went to go get her. And 
my youngest one is knock on wood, a great napper. So she'll nap from like nine to 11. Then we have a nanny that comes from 11 to two. And then I put her down again at two 30 and she'll sleep till like four. So sometimes we'll have the nanny from four to six. If like, I really just need to go work out, do some self-care, have a podcast <laughs> interview like I do today. So we have that. And then when my husband is gone, my mom and dad kind of take turns. So my mom will come in the morning so I can get the girls ready for the day and take my oldest to school. And then my dad will help with picking up my daughter and just, it's a nice way for them to spend some time with their grandparents. So I'm very, very fortunate and very grateful for my parents for helping. And then we got the nanny like four months ago. And I remember the day I met her, she walked out of the front door after, like I said, like, so nice meeting you. And I just started crying. (laughs) It was like such a huge relief because I was building a business with a baby. And like, after a while, as you know, they get older and they can start crawling and moving and they need way more attention. You can't just put them in a bassinet and they'll sleep all day. And so it was getting really overwhelming and it's difficult to find somebody that you trust your kids with, especially So I trust her completely. She's incredible and so grateful to have her as well. So she completes our village. (laughs) That's brilliant. (laughs) But it's still very hard work being that primary carer, being on call constantly, being that one that's got to constantly think, are they safe? Are they okay? Are they fed? Yeah. Yeah, Kudos to you for doing this all. (sighs) Thank you. Yeah, it's so funny. It's just kind of like on autopilot now. Even just getting like food ready for my one-year-old so my nanny can feed her, like remembering to do that and like preparing like sweet potatoes and cutting up chicken and like making omelets and things like that and putting it in little Tupperwares. That is something that's just like, it's on autopilot. And like you said, do you sleep? I thankfully don't need that much sleep to function. (laughs) Um, My one-year-old has been an angel. She's a great napper, not a great sleeper at night. So she'll still wake up like twice a night. So it's not easy. But like I said, once I'm up, I'm up. I function properly. But yeah, it's, I'm hoping she starts sleeping more very soon. (laughs) Fingers crossed because you have got a big journey ahead of you still. Yeah, yeah. And we want to have another one. I don't... Well, I'm almost 40, so I'm 38 and a half. So we want to, you know, I figure I was just talking to a friend this morning, like I'm not sleeping, so might as well just continue the trend because if I start getting eight hours of sleep a night, like, I don't know if I'm going to want to go back to the newborn phase. I might as well just pop another one out, get it over with and go from there. But we'll see. With my experience, I um, had the very same logic as you. So after my first daughter was born, she was a horrible sleeper. She was really, really bad. So about the nine-month mark, we were like, well, we're not sleeping now. Like, we may as well try for another one. And um, unfortunately, that pregnancy didn't last all the way. And we're starting to think about trying again. But it's been... 20 months and she is now a perfect sleeper Mm. and I am getting a good night's sleep and I'm like dreading going back to the newborn phase yeah yeah my oldest daughter she used to wake up every single day at like five or five thirty, and I was like why why is she not sleeping like till seven you know but she wasn't waking up in the middle of the night she would sleep from like seven to five she just really didn't need that much sleep and 
then when my other daughter was born, I was co-sleeping with her. So my husband was in another room because he would wake up at like five in the morning. But of course, once my husband had to wake up with her, she started sleeping in until seven. (laughs) (laughs) In true fashion. So now my oldest daughter sleeps from like eight to seven. My little one sleeps from like seven to seven, but wakes up at like one in the morning and five in the morning. And yeah, we're, we're all up at like six 30 or seven, but it's just, it yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there is no predicting how things go in life. I know there isn't. That's why I just kind of, it's never the right time, right? It's never the right. It's never the perfect time to have a baby. It's never the perfect time to start a business. And people always ask me like, I can't believe you're having, you're starting another business. And like, you guys want to have another baby. I'm like, might as well just throw it all together <laughs> and just be in chaos for a little bit, which I thrive in chaos. So it's okay. (laughs) And this is also highlights why it's so important to have a community of other females that can really relate to that chaos. So female founders want to find the like-minded collective. Where do we go? Yeah. So the platform is likemindedcollective.com. On Instagram, it's like.minded.collective. Whoever wants to sign up, you can create a profile. You get 10 days of full access for free. If anyone's listening and wants to try it out for longer, just message me and I'll give you a free month. So that will give you a month on top of the 10 days. So get about 40 days. You'll be able to go to about four to five masterminds and experience everything that Like Minded Collective has to offer. So yes, message me. Brilliant. And I'll put all of the links in the show notes below. I like to end with a question that I ask all of my guests. What is your most recommended book or podcast? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have this book in front of me because I love it so much. It's called Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. It is such a fantastic book. It talks all about branding, your messaging, how to really like step-by-step process of how to find your target market, how to talk to them. The, it kind of um, equates it to a movie to where there's like a beginning, a middle and an end, a climax, like how the actor or the character goes through, why the characters are favorite. So how to connect with your audience. It was such a great book. I think if you buy the book, it also has like an online workbook that you can also partake in. So I highly, highly recommend. I will also give a podcast. How I Built This with Guy Raz is amazing. Highly recommend that one too. It talks with different entrepreneurs from really, really amazing businesses and goes through their struggles and their stories. So really inspiring. I'll have to look at that podcast because I haven't heard of that, but I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I do love that book. That's a favorite book of mine. So everything is about connection and, yes, um, 100%. and that is why I think you've got a, a lot going ahead of you for like-minded collective is using connection as a tool. So thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing your journey in future. Oh, thank you so much, Bonnie. I appreciate that. Yeah, I've enjoyed having you here. Oh, thank you, Sam. Thank you for listening in to another episode of Business Bites with Bonnie. I hope you got massive value from this. If you could please do me the biggest favor, if you could hit follow, like, or subscribe, or leave a rating, that would make my day. Because 
your follows and your ratings help the platforms share this podcast with other entrepreneurs that could use this information and help them shine in business. If you would like to connect with Inbull or join other female founders in a collaborative and connection-based social media platform, head over to the Like-Minded Collective. I'll make sure I put the link to it below in the show notes. You will not be disappointed. The level of connection and collabs is next level and the masterclasses are worth being there for. And you would have heard Inbull really talk about the power of branding in this episode and doing branding work before she even launched, knowing who she was serving and how she was going to do that differently to others. If you need help with branding, I have a free brand Bible Canva template available for you to download on my website. It is a great starting place to put in all of your information about your brand identity to clarify your message and who you are serving and keep it in one handy document. So if you would like to download the free brand Bible template, head over to www.bonniewicks.com slash brand Bible template. I will put that in the link below. It really does help. Well, until next time, keep shouting bright.